Are you seeking fulfillment for your life? Do you want freedom from fear? That's why we're here. Welcome to Jesus 101, introducing you to the real Jesus. And now, here's your host, Elizabeth Talbot with Mike Tucker. I'm Mike Tucker. And I'm Elizabeth Talbot. There was a time in my life when I was greatly depressed. I went through a depression that lasted, believe it or not, 13 years. And it's, I, it's hard to imagine you depressed. I mean, you're such a joyful and fun person, yeah. and it's, it's hard to think that you've spent so many years depressed. Well, there was a, a, a series of incidents in my life that I, we really won't take the time to tell about now, but they left me feeling very, very trapped with no way out, and it, it really was not because of anything that I had done. These were things that were being done to me. I was actually being attacked greatly. And it left me feeling like I could not take care of my family. I could not do anything right. I was employed, but it was a series of tragedies that left me absolutely depressed and then feeling like God had just turned his back on me. And I would cry out to him every day. 13 years I cried out to him. Hmm. And it just seemed like he would turn his back on me. And so I just held on to the knowledge of what Scripture said, Hmm. knowing that he was there, even though I could not feel him and he was not answering my prayer. My depression was relieved in June of 2000 because, again, of a series of events that helped turn Mm -hmm. the circumstances around. And then once again, I felt God's presence and realized he'd been there every day throughout those 13 years. I was not abandoned by God. But you felt it. I felt like I was, yes. And I'm sure a lot of listeners right now are really uh, listening because (laughs) If you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. Absolutely. I mean, if you have ever been depressed and you have that, like a cloud that follows you around, uh, you will understand today's broadcast and and the experience that Mike just shared with us. And it's hard to imagine that Jesus could have felt like that. Uh, But that's exactly what happened in in Mark chapter 15. Uh, We're going to go now to the crucifixion scene, which of course is is the climatic event for all Christians, is the death of Christ and Mm -hmm. what he achieved uh, at the cross. And we have actually a statement of Jesus. Uh, Mark only records one statement uh, of Jesus um, in in his gospel that actually Jesus said while he was on the cross. So we're going to Look at this story right now, starting on verse 22 of Mark 15. And they brought him to the place Golgotha, which is translated place of a skull. And they tried to give him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. And they crucified him and divided up his garments among themselves, casting lots for them to decide what each should take. And it was the third hour when they crucified him. And the inscription of the charge against him read, The King of the Jews. If you remember, and we're going to go to the Old Testament in a moment, because a lot of this language is crafted around the fact that there is a psalm that talks about this. And so, Mark is using the words of the psalm throughout this chapter. And we are told here that Jesus is actually crucified for the charge of treason. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't don't realize that when it says that he said king of the Jews on top of the cross. Yeah, that was the sign that this is treason. He's There is no king but Caesar. Well, he's claiming to be king of the Jews. So that's the really the charge that was against him. Yes, because on top of the cross, uh, they would actually write the charge. the charge. So that's why it was placed there. And so he was not the only one being crucified. There were two other robbers with him, says verse 27. And then we get this parenthetical statement 
that most of your Bibles, we actually have it in parentheses on verse 28 that says, And the scripture was fulfilled, which says he was numbered with the transgressors. And of course, this is Isaiah 53, uh, mm -hmm. verse 12, that says that he will be numbered with the transgressors. He would be uh, counted as one of the transgressors. That's right. And again, we see Scripture fulfilled at every stage of this. Verse 29, and those passing by were hurling abuse at him, wagging their heads and saying, Ha, huh, you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself and come down from the cross. In the same way, the chief priest also, along with the scribes, were mocking him among themselves and saying, He saved others. He cannot save himself. And this last sentence is a true irony because it is mm -hmm. true. If he was going to save others, he could not save himself. Right. He had to choose between saving himself or saving us. And he chose to save us and not save himself because it was either or. It couldn't be both. And so, um, they keep insulting him, and we will see now how much this is fulfilling Scripture, but maybe you want to read uh, 32 all the way to 34. Let this Christ, the King of Israel, now come down from the cross, so that we may see and believe. And those who were crucified with him were casting the same insult at him. And when the sixth hour had come, darkness fell over the whole land, until the ninth hour, the sixth hour being noon, ninth hour being three o'clock in the afternoon. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which is translated, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? There is so many things in these verses. First of all, the time that Mike just highlighted, the fact that six hours, 12 noon, and ninth mm -hmm. hour is 3 p.m., because that was actually the time of the sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And here we have actually Passover Friday, and Jesus is dying at the exact moment of the Passover land sacrifice. And then he utters this, which sounds like such a strange uh, language, Elo, Elo, Lama Sabachthani, which actually is Aramaic. Uh, it has some Hebrew characteristics, and it was one of the languages that was commonly spoken in the Holy Land in Jesus' day, and Jesus spoke Aramaic, but it's actually a quote from an Old Testament psalm. It comes to us from Psalm 22, and throughout Psalm 22, you see uh, hints of the, of the crucifixion. In fact, more than just hints. Look at verse 1. It says, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? So, Psalm 22, verse 1 is the exact statement right. that Jesus is quoting. Far from my deliverance are the words of my groaning. So, in other words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Let's skip down now to verse 7. All who see me sneer at me. They separate with the lip. They wag the head, saying, Commit yourself to the Lord and let him deliver him. Let him rescue him because he delights in him. And if you remember, we just read this in Mark chapter 15, verse 29. Those passing by were hurling abuse at him, wagging their heads and saying, You're You who were going to destroy the temple and rebuild it, save yourself and come down from the cross. So here we have almost word by word Psalm mm -hmm. 22 and even more. Yeah, I'll go down to verse 18. They divide my garments among them and cast, uh, and for my clothing, they cast lots. I mean, how much more exact description of the crucifixion can you find? And we find this in the Old Testament written hundreds of years before this event. Uh, here foreshadowed by this Old Testament psalm. Yes, and, and this exact verse is in Mark chapter 15, verse 24. They crucified him and divided up his garments among themselves, casting lots for them to decide what each man should take. So, we have all these verses here. 
even to the very detail of what would happen to Jesus. I don't know if you're still in Psalm 22, verse 16, for example, if you want to read it. It says, For dogs have surrounded me. A band of evildoers has encompassed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. And see, this is one of the things that is, is difficult to understand how David, mm-hmm. um, who obviously is not being crucified no. when he's doing this, he would say things so specific as yeah. they pierce my hands and my, and my feet. feet. And you crucifixion know? was not something that they did in David's day. This Absolutely. was a, a Roman practice that was brought in hundreds of years later. And so, he would not have personal firsthand knowledge of what a crucifixion was like. Verse 17, I can count all my bones. Look, they stare at me. Mm-hmm. They do, and then in verse 18, which we just read, they divide my garments among them, cast lots for my clothing. Um, you know, I you, you look at this, and obviously, someone knew what was about to happen. Yes, someone knew yeah. hundreds of years in advance, and that someone, of course, is God Himself. Absolutely. He's the one who revealed these things. Absolutely. This was planned from the beginning. Absolutely, uh, th- there's no nothing surprising about the crucifixion. Mm-hmm. Nothing, nothing, no detail that is left out. This was the plan from the start. You know, Psalm 22 is called the Psalm of the Righteous Sufferer. This is the psalm that says, all of this has happened to me, even though I am innocent. And, mm-hmm. and the psalm ends by saying, they will come and will declare his righteousness. Finally, somebody's going to realize that I'm righteous. That's why this is one of the quotes in which we realize that Jesus realized mm-hmm. that he was not dying for his own sins. Because this psalm is the psalm of the righteous sufferer. The one that says, I'm being abandoned, but it's not because I'm guilty. I'm being abandoned for another reason. And of course, Jesus was being forsaken uh, by God in the spiritual sense because he was paying for our sins so that we may never be forsaken. You understand that sin is that which separates us from God. Sin, the ultimate punishment is death, but that means just separation from God because apart from God, there is no life. In Jesus, we find life, and to be separated from Him is indeed death. That is the punishment for sin. That kind of abandonment is something that believers never have to truly experience. We will experience our our own share of depression and sorrow and hurt here, but the ultimate abandonment that Jesus experienced on the cross, the abandonment for the, the weight, the penalty of your sins is something you never have to experience because Jesus took that on your behalf. He was abandoned so that you never have to be abandoned. What exactly happened at the cross? Well, what happened was a problem that had been here for thousands of years was fixed. In the moment that Adam and Eve rebelled against God, there was this obstacle, this separation from God. And they were told that they now were mortals, that they would die. Hmm. So, God says, you know what? I'm going to take your death upon myself so that we can be reunited again. I mean, what a God we've had. It's even hard to understand. Well, the apostle tells us the wages of sin is death. We've earned that because of our sin. But Jesus paid for it. Therefore, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He paid the price for our sins. He experienced the separation that we deserve in order that we might experience the intimacy with God that only He deserves. Perhaps if you're going through one of those hard times Mm. where you are depressed and, and you can't see the light, may you know that God is there with you even when you cannot feel Him because He paid once and for all the privilege and the blessing of being with you at all times, no matter what. He is truly Emmanuel, God with us. Thank you for joining us today on Jesus 101. For more insights and resources, connect with us at Jesus101.tv. That's Jesus101.tv. 
Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Jesus 101 Institute and follow us on Twitter at Jesus 101 Media. Until next time, live free.